You're listening to Future Voices. Future Voices. From the Scottish Community's Climate Action Network. A podcast sharing stories of community-led climate action from across Scotland. In this episode, Rethinking Waste at Dunbar's Waste Reuse Store. I'm in part of a former supermarket, which has become a department store with a difference. So it's a big open plan space. We've got our little office sits in the middle of the shop floor, which was a, um, a temporary building rescued from the Edinburgh Festival, which was used, um, it's quite a funky looking thing. It was used by uh, Edinburgh University as a, as a little pop-up and sat on George Street. So that's our office on the shop floor. And then you have, well, I guess a lot of the traditional stuff that you'd find in a reused store, the furniture, your bric-a-brac, etc., books, CDs, DVDs. Probably the most interesting area is our industrial section, which has, you can get everything from a single nut and bolt through to old scientific materials, uh, microscope, transformers, plugs, lights, anything that in a salvage sort of situation um, we can strip out has, has gone in there. That's Simon Glover one of the directors of Mixer, the social enterprise that runs the waste reuse store in Dunbar. It's just an interesting space uh, that's often utilised by artists and, and crafters and creatives as well. So they'll come and they'll find interesting shapes, interesting materials and things that they literally would find nowhere else. The waste reuse store is one of the legacies from Sustaining Dunbar's Zero Waste Town project. Simon's fellow director, Susan Guy, used to manage the Zero Waste Town project. She explains how much waste the enterprise is now diverting from landfill and their relationship with East Lothian Council. Right now we have two stores. We've got one in Dunbar and one in Musselburgh. So in the first year we were able to divert 400 tonnes of material away from landfill and now we're into year two and I would imagine we'll double those figures. Before we were able to negotiate having these capture, reuse capture sheds on the civic amenity sites there was no way of actually intercepting goods that were coming in and going directly to landfill that actually could have been very valuable for um, local local use. It took us two years and quite a lot of uh, negotiating and relationship building with the local authority. We do have a very good relationship with the people uh, in waste services and other departments within within the council and so far they're, they're very happy with the work that we're doing. We're still very much a pilot I would imagine in their eyes and uh, so far so good. So there's a big bucket at the front of all of our shops, there's free school uniforms, um, they're free to all, there's no inter- interaction, they just come in, people refresh them themselves, with bring their own or just take them away and it just helps to create a bit of a uniform playing field with our children. It's a small token but it gets it back into the local environment. Um, we also do the same with kids' protective clothing. So all welly boots and all kids' jackets are free. Uh, again, the same thing is, you know, it's a real indicator of someone struggling to, to make ends meet when the kid turns up at school in the depths of winter in a very flimsy jacket. Things like that just shouldn't be happening. So it, it's, it's very easy for us to make those things available. So the project's now been running for about 18 months. So the shop's very successful. We sell a lot of stuff back into the local community, and this is stuff that we save from landfill at the recycling centres, giving away a lot more material than we had originally thought. So we partnered with lots of schools and playgroups and things, and they get lots of um, broken stuff that basically becomes loose parts play. Overstock on things like books, um, we've 
formed a pledge with the local schools. We're trying to give away 12,000 kids' books in over the course of a year. Great, it's another good way of getting it out there. Um, and we put around two tonnes of free materials out the front of our shop every, every week. Free to anyone, um, so you can just come along. And it all goes. So it's great. It's going back into the community, and it's, there's no barriers or dignity issues there with people feeling they're accessing charity, because they're not. It's open to anyone. It's just keeping it out of landfill. I guess that's where we are now. We're trying to get a little more sophisticated with... Uh, we know we can get the stuff. We know it keeps coming. There's a desperate need to keep the, these materials out of landfill. It's dealing with the costly issue of disposing, if you have to, at the end. But uh, I think we're getting quite savvy with now. Because we have no idea what's going to walk through the door any day, and we have very limited storage, it's keeping a continuity of stock to sell that will actually pay the wages. <laughs> because one week in the summer is very different to one week in the winter. In terms of someone with a retail background looking at it from a management perspective, you've no control over your stock whatsoever, so you've therefore no control over your income. So that that can be challenging. Um, but we're, we're, we seem to be maintaining uh, the income level across the year, all having to work harder for it at certain points. It took us a wee while to have people change their mindset about what is reusable and what is recyclable and so on. We spent quite a number of months up at the recycling centre greeting people as they would come into the site and just explain what we're trying to do. We're trying to capture good reusable materials before they go into skips uh, so that we can make it more uh, available locally for reuse. And initially people were a bit, you know, confused, didn't know whether or not this old chair would be of any use or... Um, would you take this TV? It doesn't work. Um, and so there was a number of uh, messages we, we had to clarify on with folk, but now it's really caught on. We've got a 20-foot capture shed on the Dunbar site where people go regularly to donate good reusable items and also materials, so building materials, scrap, um, scrap materials and so on. They're starting to realise that, that this is a valuable resource locally. We also have got 10 textile banks out and about the county to capture textiles from going into landfill and also to keep textiles local instead of having them shipped all over the world and disrupting markets in Africa and Central Eastern Europe and so on. Everyone will have seen textile banks. When you go to the recycling centre, there's usually a bunch of banks that you put your clothes in and it says, oh, waste busters or something along those sort of lines and clothes are collected, exported generally off to China, Middle East, Southeast Asia or Eastern Europe. Um, we saw that model and realised that, you know what, a lot of this stuff is um, needed in the local community but they don't have access to it. So the big pick takes the materials, picks through them and then holds by the kilo sales in the local community. Um, but also taking care of people who can't afford to buy their own clothes for whatever reasons. So we work with food banks, health visitors, crisis staff, etc., to identify those people. Very discreetly, they have a token that they can use to pay with at the, at the checkout process. So the Big Pick has been running in some sort of a guise for almost two years now. We've trialled lots of things, um, pop-up events where we'll rock into a, into a church hall for one day, bringing three or so tons of textiles out. Everyone comes in, rakes through, goes away, 
um, through to the Musselburgh shop, which had been running for just over a year as a, as a full-time by-the-kilo store. What we found is it all works, and where, where it does operate, especially in a, a, a more deprived area, it becomes um, a bit of a lifeline for the community. But we're also very, very keen to move across Scotland with this because um, all the research shows and our sort of on-the-ground um, research shows that you are dealing directly with poverty on a daily basis and you, it, it's not necessarily recorded you're not dealing with any councils or anyone else but the people who are in need do access you and do find that they can afford to buy to shop with you or if they're in serious need they're getting the stuff for free in terms of carbon reduction it is also um, reusing local textiles locally is the most important thing you can do to reduce your carbon so um, at the moment I think we have had almost too many plans and too many things going on for the last 18 months and we now need to settle in um, we I think we now know how the business operates and what works and what doesn't we've trialed a lot of stuff we've been very experimental I think it's now time to take stock and sort of sit with it for a year or so and then focus on the big pick it's very important I think for this year for us to just make sure the big pick is put out there on a social platform whereby communities can take access rather than having to have hundreds of thousands of pounds to be able to you know grow a business what motivates me to do this is is the direct physical act of dealing with stuff that would have otherwise gone to landfill and is now being realized as something worthy of staying out of landfill and, and benefiting our, our locality in one way or the other. There's nothing stopping other communities doing what we're doing. It is entirely up to their relationship with their local authorities. We now have got 10 full-time staff being paid above living wage and um, things were going from strength to strength and I think that you know within the next year or so we'll be able to start getting um, real funds out to, to support local groups and charities and organisations um, to make more use of, of waste as a resource. That was Simon Glover and Susan Guy from the social enterprise Mixer. You can find out more at their website, mixer.org. Thank you for listening to this episode of Future Voices from the Scottish Communities Climate Action Network. If there's something happening in your community that you'd like to share, find out more and get in touch at scottishcommunitiescan.org.uk. You can also find us on Twitter at scottccan, that's S-C-O-T-C-C-A-N. And on Facebook, just search for Scottish Communities Climate Action Network. This episode was produced by Philip Revel. The music is a track called Gaina by Blue Dot Sessions from their album Azalai. You can find it at sessions.blue and at freemusicarchive.org. Mm-hmm.